This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League, presented by United Dairy Farmers. The Reds are on the radio. Stove League is brought to you by JTM Food Group. Let's create great dishes together. JTM, PNC Bank, the official bank of the Cincinnati Reds. PNC, make today the day. Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation, where there's help, there's hope. And by Wings and Rings, 16 area locations and proud sponsor of the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds Hot Stove League is also brought to you by Kelsey Chevrolet, Route 50 and 275 Lawrenceburg, Greater Cincinnati's full-service dealer. From their family to yours, Ralph's American Group in Wilmington, Ohio. Visit ralphsgrill.com and by United Dairy Farmers. The Reds are on the radio. Now the Reds Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. Hey, very delightful good evening to you and welcome in to the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF. Good to be back in the saddle this week along with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thrall and uh, we have got a lot to discuss. Some news this week. The uh, uh, non three the Reds non tendered three players. We'll get into that a little bit later on. Also, we've got some important dates regarding spring training. We will get into that. We'll take your phone calls as well five one three seven four nine seven thousand or one eight hundred the big one. Those are your options if you want to call in and join the show. Uh, but uh, first things first, Jimmy. We've got a guest right out of the gate. Yeah, you got to turn your microphone on. There it is. Is it? I don't hear myself. There, there we are. go. Now you're on. See, it's not up to me. Sometimes it's not up it's to not you. Not up to me. You just immediately blame me. I did. Well, you're the uh, you're sitting right here. You're the easiest target, and uh, I'm always wanna, an easy. Target. I don't want to pick on Stone Shields, who's our producer, too much. That probably makes the guy on the line feel better because he 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 and I share, you know, kind of being punching back. Yes, you do. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, let's welcome in. I, I would. I don't want to give this guy. He's a position. in my camp. He is. I don't want to give this guy a position because he plays all over the place. It's Red's yeah. player, uh, Spencer Steer. Hello, Red. <laughs> Hello, Red's player. See, you're already <laughs> already beating him up. Mid-season form. What's up, Spencer? How are you, my man? I mean, I hate to come out of the gates hot, but you guys sound a little rusty. <laughs> <laughs> we might be. We might be. Hey, how's your swing look right now on November 21st? Would it be a little rusty right now? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'd say it's probably pretty rusty, too. So, Well, it's only my second show. It's Jim's third. So, uh, And I was off last week. You know, you got to ease back into things. Well, Do one well. show, take a week off, and come back. That's, you know, yeah. I think that's a good way to go about it. How, how's, yeah, absolutely. How's, 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 I totally get it. Good. See, I'm glad. I'm glad you understand. And um, but anyway, how is the off season treating you to this point? Uh, have you done anything exciting? Have you just relaxed? Have you just uh, vegged out after a long season? Your first time going through the grind of 162 games. How do you how do you go into the off season? Um, yeah, it's been good. Um, a lot of golf early on when the weather was good. Um, a lot of you know sitting around and and just relaxing and. 
yeah, just kind of doing things I enjoy. So it's it's been good so far. Now, last year, I think you spent the offseason in Denver, if I'm correct. Uh, are you there again this year? I know last year you took in a lot of hockey. So what's the deal? Is it Denver again? Yeah, still in Denver. Um, and, yeah, still watching the Avalanche play uh, uh, when they're playing. So, um, yeah, it's been good so far. Is that your favorite sport outside of baseball? Like, if you're if you're watching a sport, you prefer the NFL, NBA, NHL. Is is the NHL your go to? So, so I've been I've been telling people recently. I think it's my favorite sporting event to go to live. Yeah. Um, I mean, football is still my favorite sport to watch. Uh, but I think uh, uh, going to a hockey game live, um, those those games, there's a there's a lot of energy in the in the building, and it's just nonstop action. So, uh, hockey games. Uh, if you don't, if you're not a hockey fan, I, I uh, suggest getting out to a game, and and I think you'll uh, you'll start following the sport for sure. I think that's the thing that that as far as hockey goes, it is the one sport out of all the others that if you go to a game, you will get hooked. But the problem is, unless you have a team in your city. You're not getting hooked on that sport watching it on TV. It's just it's not a great TV game, but in person, boy, there's few better. Oh yeah, it's it's also a sport where um, the more you you understand it and uh, know the rules and kind of understand uh, what these guys are trying to do on the ice and understand you know the tactics and all that stuff, it, it definitely gets more and more interesting um, and. It's definitely a sport that's very foreign to me, being uh, from Southern California. So it took me a while to uh, kind of understand the game, but I think as you understand it more and more, it definitely uh, it's definitely a sport that's a ton of fun to follow. You're listening to the NHL Hot Stove League <laughs> here in the Reds <laughs> Radio Network. When do you get back at it? And uh, I know you're probably uh, doing workouts as far as maybe weights, cardio, et cetera. Uh, when do you get back to baseball activities in, in your off season? Um, it's, it's always been a very, I haven't had like a set date in the past. It's kind of varied from off season, off season. Um, this off season specifically, I'm really working on getting the body healthy, uh, getting everything, uh, getting my strength back. So that's kind of been the main focus for me the past two months is, uh, getting the body feeling good, getting everything healthy, and then uh, getting the strength back. Because during the season, you're not you're not lifting a whole whole lot, or you're not lifting really heavy weights at all. So, just trying to get the foundation back, and then um, once I feel like that's all uh, where I want it to be, then I'll start you know start throwing again um, and start taking swings, which will probably be in the next week or so. Uh, I think that. You know, when you look at the season, it's 162 games as opposed to the minor league season being 140 games. And 20 games really doesn't sound like a whole lot, right? But now that you've gone through it, do you notice the difference of that extra month uh, on on your body, the wear and tear that you uh, endure throughout the course of the season? And and now do you feel like you're more well-equipped than ever to deal with it moving forward? Yeah, it's definitely – it's something you don't really know to, uh, to deal with or, or know what it's going to feel like until you actually do it. So um, now that I've gone through the full season and in the full 162 game schedule, I, I feel like I have a, had a pretty good plan in place going in this off season and really uh, as hard as it is just to kind of sit on the couch and let your body rest. Um, I took about two weeks off. I just 
really doing nothing. Um, obviously living my life and, and, and doing stuff, but nothing uh, baseball-wise, no lifting for about two weeks. And um, I was kind of going a little stir-crazy, but I knew I needed it because um, in the past I've definitely started a little too quickly after the season and, and kind of felt some fatigue uh, towards the end. Um, that was when I was in the minor leagues, kind of learned that. And then, yeah, um, it's just a little different with the schedule and, and you know, the, the longer plane rides and, uh, you know, it feels like you're kind of bouncing around every three days. So it's a little different of a different schedule uh, format than the minor leagues. But, um, yeah, it's it's definitely something you, you learn by uh, experience and just going through it. Physical wear and tear is obvious. Were you surprised at the mental wear down of an MLB season, or did you not experience it? I I would say uh, the physical was a little more taxing than the mental side, um, just because it's it's still baseball at that level. Um, obviously, it's it's about as hard as it gets, um, you know, t- uh, competition wise. So you might be struggling a little more than you're used to, but um, yeah, mentally it's, it's kind of the same game and I kind of approached it just like I would any other year. You were in the mix for the rookie of the year throughout much of the season, uh, pretty much through the whole year. Uh, now, obviously Corbin Carroll did what he was doing out in Arizona, but, but do you pay attention to what the other rookies were doing throughout the course of the year? Or do you just try to block that out as best you can? Or do you have an idea of where you stack up? Um, I wouldn't say I was I was really following uh, the other rookies. Um, you definitely know what other guys are are doing when you play them, right? You know, stats are everywhere you look in the stadium. So anyone who claims they don't know what their stats are, I think uh, either oblivious or lying because it's really everywhere in every stadium. I, lo- so I love when people you, say uh, that. I just yeah, roll my eyes when I'm interviewing someone. I'm like, I don't know, what am I hitting? Like, Come on, dude, you know what you're hitting. Stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These scoreboards are big and yeah. there's scoreboards everywhere. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say I was really paying attention to what they're doing. Um, you definitely know how guys are doing when you're playing against them, but it's, it's really just, uh, me focused on me and, and what I can do to, uh, number one, get better every day. And, and number two, focus on, uh, Focus on playing well that night so I can help the team uh, team win. So at the end of the day, you play this game uh, to win. Well, Spencer, uh, we've got a little bit more time with you, but to do that, we need to get to a break first. You got time to stick around? Absolutely. All right, we're going to chat more with Spencer Steer coming up. This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thrall. Spencer Steer is our guest. We've been talking all things with Spencer Steer, including hockey, uh, talking a little bit of baseball, off-season activities. And uh, we talked a little bit about last season, and and you kind of mentioned getting through the grind of the season. You obviously had a, a great year last year, but how much of that stemmed from the little bit of time you got at the end of the 22 season so that you had an idea of what to do and how to prepare yourself going into 23 facing big league pitching. Did, did that little, did that month at the end of the year before really help you last year? Yeah, that, that time I spent up there 
um, at the end of the 22 season was, was extremely valuable, uh, for me, just cause I got to see, um, yeah, the level of competition. I, I pretty much fell flat on my face during that month. So I got a lot of opportunities to, to learn from my failures and, and figure out what I needed to do in that off season to, um, kind of make some adjustments in my swing, make some adjustments in my approach. Um, and another big thing too, was, was kind of just getting the, the oohs and the ahs out of the way, you know, playing at, at Wrigley the first time, just playing in these, uh, you know, these big league stadiums for the first time and, and facing, um, you know, former Cy Young pitchers, just getting all that out of the way. And then coming in the 23 season, uh, just being able to focus on um, just doing my job. So that was, that was a really valuable time for me. Young players at the end of the season always have either an exit interview or some type of meeting with the club on things to work on. Uh, and I've seen this all over the map, particularly with pitchers. But as a position player, you have so many positions and I guess so many things that you could work on at each because they're all fairly new to you, particularly the outfield. What was that exit interview like for you? I'm fascinated as to what they told you to work on. Um, I mean, you know, there's a couple things. It's there's, there's some stuff I can clean up offensively. Um, like kind of, kind of hitting the ball a little deeper, uh, when it's on the outer half of the plate so I can get a little more power behind it. I don't have much, uh, many home runs to right center. And I'd like to kind of improve on that and be able to hit the ball with power at all fields. And, um, towards the end of the year kind of struggled for the high, high fastball, um, which is kind of found them off a lot or, or just missing them flying out to the outfield. So working on, uh, you know, that fastball at the top of the zone and then, Defensively wise, I think a big thing for me going into next year is uh, just doing a just learning. Obviously, throughout the year, I learned how to prepare uh, for multiple positions. Um, just because on the line of it says I'm starting a left field doesn't mean I'm going to play the entire game in left field. A lot of the time, I would come to the infield at some point or vice versa, go from the infield to the outfield. So just staying on top of my preparation, um, getting my outfield reads in and make sure I come in and, and get my ground balls in. But at the same time, I don't want to tire myself out too. If I'm doing that every day, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to run out of gas by the end of the year. So I'm um, just really figuring out what works for me and, and kind of what works for me to have success at, at these multiple positions. Cause I've mentioned this before. I wasn't happy with, with how I played defensively. And I know I, I can do a lot better than, than what I did. So um, that's going to be a learning learning curve for me, even going into next year. But those are some things I'm I'm definitely going to be focused on. Do you have an idea of where you're going to spend most of your time next year? I mean, you you obviously had a lot of success on the infield at both third and first base, uh, but you look pretty good in left field. You, you mentioned not being uh, all that happy with your your defensive play, but uh, do do you envision spending most of your time? next year in left field? Yeah, I think, um, I think I'll still be doing a lot of, uh, kind of plugging in wherever, uh, they need me. And, um, but yeah, I mean, looking at all the studs we got in our infield and, and how good they're all at those, uh, those positions, I think, 
I think I'll probably be playing a little more outfield more than anything for sure. There is a, a lot of times where a guy goes to a new position and they don't have a gamer glove broken in, so they'll be borrowing gloves, et cetera, particularly when you go over to first base or even infield to the outfield. Did you have that problem last year? And are we working on that to have a gamer broken in at every position? Yeah, I, I actually uh, got two new gloves I'm going to break in this offseason, a uh, first base glove and an outfield glove. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of – I was using Kirk Casale's glove at first base, <laughs> and I was using uh, Nick Senzel's backup outfield glove in left field. So, there you go. Uh, obviously, wasn't really prepared to do that at the beginning of the year, so didn't really have the uh, necessary equipment, but – uh, we, we made that adjustment, Jim, and we're gonna we're gonna get those uh, gloves locked in for for the for the new year. So, so I'm trying to get this right. I get it if you had to use Kurt's glove at first base all year because you didn't play much there. You did not have an outfield glove at any point during the season last year. You got to break it in. Am I am well, I hearing what, that correct? Yeah. What what happened was um, I just never got an outfield glove. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, I, I started the transition, the outfield play halfway through and, um, I just kind of didn't even think about getting a glove. So I'm like, it's halfway through the year. I'm not going to have time to break it in. So right, you got to break it um, in. Man. So we're, we're breaking one in right now. So does that, it's in the works. Does that mean it's you're sleeping? So are you sleeping with it under your pillow at night? Yeah. I think that's a myth. I don't think oh, I've okay. ever done that with a glove. Oh, okay. Have you ever slept with a bat? But, Many hitters that sleep with their bat. I've never slept with my bat either. <laughs> All right. Well, no. that's, that's good to know. That's good information. Hard-hitting stuff on the Red Sox. <laughs> Journalism <laughs> at its finest. Uh, Spencer, real quick, before we let you go, uh, obviously this last season uh, you guys were in the race all the way till the end. Uh, how eager are you to get going next year, and are you chomping at the bit to, to get going? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty excited to see uh, what this group can do uh, coming into next year. Everyone's uh, got more experience. Everyone's got another year under their belt. Um, got a whole off season to to make adjustments and and get their bodies right. And uh, hopefully this year we can we can kind of uh, minimize the injuries. And um, yeah, I'm I'm just really excited to uh, see what this group can do because uh, I know a lot of us kind of left with a bad taste in our mouth we really wanted to to get in the postseason and we we're really close so definitely some extra motivation this offseason for me and i'm sure a lot of other guys spencer thanks so much for the time certainly appreciate it we'll see you in a couple weeks at reds fest sounds good can't wait to see you guys all right see you soon that thanks, is spence. reds spencer steer joining us reds outfielder infielder on the budweiser hot stove league presented by udf uh you can contribute to the show we'll take your phone calls coming up after the break also if you'd like to drop us a line you can do so just go to the iheart media app click on 700 wlw click on the microphone and just start recording whatever message you have we'll get to those coming up a little bit later on in the show for the phone number it's 513-749-7000, the big one. We will take your phone calls next. It's the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF with Jim Day. I am Tommy Thraw. Get your tickets now for Bally Sports Reds Fest presented by PNC. On December 1st and 2nd at the Duke Energy Convention Center, more than 60 current players and coaches, alumni, and broadcasters are expected to attend, including Matt McClain, Hunter Green, 
TJ Friedel and Ellie De La Cruz for the latest details. Visit reds.com slash RedsFest. You'll be there. I will be there. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Always look forward to it. And then from that point forward, it just flies to spring training. I think it's flown to this point. It has. It, it really has. That is, <laughs> I can't believe. Yeah. I, I, it's another story. So I saw the uh, the guy that built my house is, is building a few others uh, pretty much right next door. And I saw him this morning and said hi. And he goes, well, will I see a Reds Fest next weekend? I said, next weekend? Yeah. He goes, it's next weekend. Yeah. I said, yeah, I guess you will. <laughs> I should look at a calendar sometime. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's you've had problem with that calendar of late. Upon us. It, I, all right. I have. Yes, that's all right. It's tricky. Uh, trying to figure out how it works. Um, there, there was some news this week and, and also some news today. Some dates have been, speaking of the calendar, some dates have been announced for spring training. We now know the dates of when pitchers and catchers will be reporting. Lay it on me. Along with uh, the whole team, uh, when when all of this stuff is taking place and, well, it's uh, pretty much just as you would expect right in the Mid-February. heart of February. <laughs> Pitchers and catchers and uh, will report along with physicals on February the 13th. The first workout for pitchers and catchers will be Valentine's Day, February 14th. And then um, all the major league position players will report, get their physicals on the 18th. First full squad workout is the 19th. And then your favorite day, photo day, will be follow after that so there you have it pitchers and catchers reporting on february 13th first workout on the 14th of february well like i said last year i'm just glad for some normalcy in a complete camp i'm never going to take that for granted ever (laughs) again no question about that and then um you know got to get ready for that first spring training game which is of course right at the end of february i we get to hear your your dulcet is that the word dulcet? Dulcet yeah, you could use that. Yeah, dulcet tones. That works. I don't know that it fits me, but uh, yeah. And the cowboy. I let me guess. Good year against <laughs> Cleveland. You better believe it. Yes. Who else? All right. That'd be good on trivia. Uh, it'll be the twenty fourth of February. That is a Saturday, the first game, and then our first split squad action will be on the twenty sixth. Um, yeah, already an off day though. The four days into the season. An off day on the 28th. Well, taking after you. You do one hot stove and have to right, you, week off. Well, you can't rush taking into things. You. Yeah, no, you just left me here. That's um, right. There are actually there are three off days during spring training this year, which I feel like is up from two in previous years. So, But um, there you have it. I uh, hope, to, hope to see everybody out in Goodyear. There's a lot of excitement, of course, surrounding this team, um, and, and for good reason. And as we talked to Spencer Steer there, he was kind of talking about it, that uh, they know the talent they have, a lot of uh, experience from this last season that they can take into next year and um, certainly some some high hopes for the season ahead. Uh, there was some news with regards to next season that non-tender date came and went and the Reds did make a few moves. Uh, they non-tendered contracts with Derek Law, Raver San Martina, and Nick Senzel. Now, it is possible that the... Uh, Reds could offer some minor league deals there, but uh, as far as Nick Senzel goes, it, Nick Crawl seemed to make it very clear that uh, the Reds are 
severing ties with with Nick Senzel. And it, it's, I, I get it. I understand it. Um, it still comes a little bit of a shock, at least when, when I saw the news. I wasn't so shocked. I, I, I kind of saw that coming just because if, if you're, you're a team that's you're uh, one is twofold. Obviously it's always a business side of it. So him going to arbitration, they felt like I'm not speaking for the reds. This is my opinion. They probably felt like they, the money that he was going to get was not worth a bench player, uh, not an everyday player, someone that's just going to hit against lefties. Uh, but on the other side, we've seen this a thousand times in sports and baseball where a player just simply needs a fresh start. This is for anything for Nick Sidzel as well, whether it be battling injury, which he it just seemed like he could not stay on the field. It was just injury bug after injury bug. And along the way, had some. Uh, he was very open about some of the mental struggles that he had. I had several long conversations with him, a few on the podcast, about how he struggled with depression and the mental side of not only baseball but life. And he really seemed to get that all together. And then he was stay. He stayed on the field at the end of this season. So I, I think there's still some good baseball in there. It just a fresh start for him. I think is going to do him good. Yeah, I I think that's it. Like you said, it, it's probably as good for him as it is for anybody. I, I think this, this is probably going to help Nick Senzel. And if you're, if Nick lands somewhere else and he goes on to have success in another uniform, uh, it, it can't be one of those situations where, well, why is he doing that in a red uniform? Well, sometimes a guy has to go somewhere else yeah. to find who they really are and, and for it to click for him. And for Nick's, Sake, I hope that happens for yeah. him. I hope that he finds Yeah, I really so like much. Nick. I really, really like Nick. I'm going to miss being around him. But I think he's he's got good baseball in him. I, I wish him the best wherever he lands. Uh, speaking of, Nick Crawl spoke to uh, reporters about this decision last week, and uh, here's here's what he had to say. Scouts say you, you don't get eights in the minor leagues. You, you only get eights in the big leagues. So, uh, But, you know, like, the good thing is we, we had all of our players come up and, and perform in the big leagues. Um, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's, you still have to deal with young players. You still have to, you know, deal with where they are and, and, you know, players come up and sometimes they have a lot of success. Sometimes they take a lot of play uh, that then they don't. Sometimes they, they take a little bit to get that success. You know, I, I think for us, it's, you know, looking at, at Nick, um, it's his career has been derailed by injuries, which have sucked. And, and, you know, I feel really bad for him about that. It's been a, been a host of things. This, this year was probably the most healthy he's been um, over the last several years. And, you know, we, we moved him around. We, we, he was a third baseman coming up and we had Suarez there. And so it was like, Hey, we got to figure out how to find you a position. Uh, we put him in center field. He could run. And, you know, I, I think that it's, it, he got bounced around and it's a tough situation uh, with where he was, but, you know, he handled it well and, and, and did a good job. And uh, when he was here, it just it, it, at this point, it's, you know, with where we are from a bench role. And I just didn't think it made much sense. And uh, that was in response to a question about, you know, you've got so many prospects on this team right now and coming up. Nixon Zell was once one of those blue chip prospects. Uh, I don't know that we ever really saw him become the player that everybody hoped and expected him to be. And, but that's just kind of how it goes. And, and and like we were talking about uh, before, 
Jim, I think there's still the potential for Nick to find a portion of who he was expected to be. Oh, he's, he's very talented. Now, it's magnified because he was the second overall pick in the 2016 draft. And when you're the second overall pick, you have massive expectations on you. Now, if you look back, that probably wasn't the best draft that year, at least top the top end of it. And the Reds took what they thought was the best all-around college hitter that could get to the big leagues quicker than other guys, which he did. Um, so those expectations, man, they are tough to live up to. Yeah. They are tough. And uh, guys that are picked that high, they, they get moved along quicker than normal. They get extra chances more than normal. Uh, than other guys, and that's just the way of the business. So the the expectations were. I don't. I don't think he could. He was not going to reach that ceiling here in Cincinnati. Uh, certainly tough. Wish him all the best. Uh, more to get to. We'll take your phone calls coming up. One eight hundred. The big one five one three seven four nine seven thousand. Also on the iHeart app. You can go on the iHeart Media app. Click on 700 WLW. Click on the microphone. Record your message for us. We've got more Reds Hot Stove League presented by Budweiser and UDF next on the Reds Radio Network. It's the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thrall. Reds fans, the new Pick 6 plan is here. Choose any six home games and receive an exclusive Spencer Steer bobblehead in the Nike City Connect uniform. For more info, visit Reds.com slash Tickets. Phone lines are open. 1-800-THE-BIG-ONE, 513-749-7000. Let's go to the phone lines now and welcome in Bill and Indy. What's up, Billy? Hey, hey, Tommy. I just want to say there has there was not a night this season where I didn't sit on the edge of my chair seat with this team. I mean, so many come from behind, behind wins. You just never... Shut the radio off, even if you had to use the bathroom. And if you did, you took it with you because you didn't know what you were going to. You didn't want to miss a play. Uh, it was just interesting. Well, it was a fun. See, you, you didn't know from one night to the next who was going to win the game. That was, uh, yeah, that, I think that was the thing that stood out the most of this season. I, I, I won't get into how disturbing it is that you may have taken us into the bathroom with you, but the, we'll leave that at that. But no, uh, to your point, it was. It yeah, was, he probably took you. I don't think he took a TV in there. <laughs> it's a little harder. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I thought it was, a, it, that was part of the joy of the season because you, you just, you expected it every night to be somebody different. And um, oftentimes it was. And it was. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a fun year. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and uh, hopefully next year is even more Happy fun. Happy holidays to all of you and the Cowboy. How's Cowboy doing? Cowboy's great. Jim got a chance to chat with him last week. He's doing good. He's uh, exercising. Good he's good. he's a pickleball expert now, playing like three or four oh, times yeah. a week. He's the it's uh, I mean it's unusual. He's in shorts and cowboy boots and a cowboy <laughs> hat while doing this, but he's well, getting that the exercise like in. The old Mississippi boy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, but it was a fun season. I can hardly wait. And and the World Series, I thought, was good, too. How were the ratings during the World Series and stuff? Boy, if they, anybody didn't like that, something was wrong. Well, I appreciate the phone call, Bill. Thanks so much for calling in. Um, I, they were not so good. I don't think the ratings were No, great. they were not so good. They've, uh, they've dipped every year. That's And a couple people gave me grief for, uh, I think, few weeks back or somewhere along the line I, I said you know baseball really needs one of these big market teams in the world series and i wasn't saying that rooting for a big market team i usually root against them but the it's, ratings they you know they are what they are when you have two teams like that that uh, aren't from <clears throat> major fan bases and particularly arizona and 
I mean, Texas is a big, yeah, you know, a big market, but they got a lot going on in that state. Got a lot going on, so they were not great, but it was a compelling World Series. It, I enjoyed yeah, it, that, and that's the thing that I, I think as baseball uh, starts to continue to build on the the rule changes, and mm-hmm. and I think the rule changes have brought people back to the game. I, I think they've done what they were hoping to do. Uh, then that's going to slowly bring people, I think, back to the marquee events like the World Series, of course. That is, there is no bigger marquee event than that. But um, baseball is also one of these sports where, uh, you know. It, it's a regional sport. It's a very regional sport. It's a regional sport. Let's face it. Outside of four or five teams that are national teams, it's a regional sport. It's going to remain that. The numbers here in Cincinnati, were our TV numbers were off the charts. Yeah. I know the radio numbers were up. I think those are only going to get better with a nucleus of players that players that uh, fans are familiar with. So you've got to look at it on a regional basis with baseball. Everyone likes to bash him about the national numbers. That's going to be every year, but it's a regional sport. And I'll say this about the national numbers as well. Uh, the more every game is available in your market, the more that is going to push down the national numbers on nationally televised games. Because, look, those, those games did well. I don't think the... I don't think the interest in baseball is any less than it has been. Uh, the, the attendance numbers were up this year across the board, um, but the the national games mean less when there's more games available. It, it's just the way it is, and, and I think sometimes we forget to look at that. Um, we'll wrap up the show coming up next. It's the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Wrapping things up on the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF. He's Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thraw. And get an incredible Black Friday week deal on Reds fan clubs through November 27th. The Reds Heads Kids Club is only $25. And Reds Rookies is only 18 bucks. Take advantage of the lowest price of the season at Reds.com slash Kids Clubs. Speaking of the kid, yeah. Happy birthday to George Kenneth Griffey Jr. It's his birthday today, huh? Better known as Ken, actually more known as Junior. His birthday today. How about that? Gave me much grief over the years, so happy 75th, Junior. <laughs> wow. Seemed like just yesterday he was... A young superstar breaking into the league. And now you're telling me he's 75 years old. How about that? Let's turn my hat around Where's backwards the- in honor of Junior. <laughs> Where's the time go? Well, happy birthday, Junior. That's awesome. I bet he could still hit. If you just go in there. And well, he, I, there was a video this year where he went in the, the cage and hit one out, I think. I'm sure. Yeah. Probably with ease. Speaking Seattle, of somewhere. still being able to do it in Seattle, uh, how about Ichiro? Yeah. Running up there 68 miles an hour. Throwing junk. <laughs> and slider was nasty. Nasty slider. Like We need some pitching ninja uh, breakdown. I mean. Of his slider. That's you He's think a freak. About, He's just it, a total freak. At 50 years now, old. Now, he could go up right now and get hits. Probably. Well, I bet with that stuff, he could go out and get outs. No, the way he swings the bat, and it, he, he he could poke one the other way and get hit. Well, there's Right now. Well, yeah, but. Not with the consistency that we were used to seeing. No, no, but I'm just telling you, he could, you give him five at-bats, he's getting a hit right now at 50. A five at-bats. You give him five at-bats, he's getting a hit. So you think right now in the big leagues, Ichiro would be a 200 hitter? No, one game. One, no, no, oh, over oh, the, one yeah, game. one okay. game. Okay. Just give him one game. One, one game. game. All right. He's a freak. 
He is. And uh, he he keeps himself in, in great shape. Yeah. You know, we were talking about Votto a couple of weeks ago. He, he said, you know, when Ichiro retired, he continued to hit for months. Yeah. Month, I think for a year. I think he said for three years after yeah. he retired. So he's like, I, I'm not. When my time comes and I'm done, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm done, I'm done. But, uh, well, that's all the time we have on this edition of the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League. Just to clarify, are you here next week? <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Even okay. though there was some confusion on, uh, well, one person's part. Uh, <laughs> it is. I am here next week. Programming note, it's on Wednesday, the 29th, 6 p.m., Right here on your Reds Radio Network station. Well, that's very good. We look forward to that show, and I'm glad you're going to be here. So we get to do yeah. it all over again. There's a few groans out there right. in the audience <laughs> here. Ah, right before Reds Fest, too. We'll, back. We'll be talking about yes. Reds Fest. Two days before Reds Fest. Tune up for that. Um, so there you go. Thanks for listening, everybody. For Jim Day and for Spencer Steer, Stone Shields has been our producer. I'm Tommy Thrall. Good night.